Hi, I'm McKenna, and welcome to Fight for the Family, a podcast where we acknowledge Satan and his attacks and use God-given principles and gospel-centered strategies to defend, protect, and strengthen our families. Let's get to work. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Ring. As promised, today we're talking about making home a holy place. So the other day during my workout, um, I was listening to a talk from President Nelson from this past October, I think it was October, it was either October or April 2021 general conference. And I really like listening to general conference talks while I work out for lots of reasons. It's a good like way to multitask and um, just kind of get that good, that good stuff in my brain. And um, here are some quotes from that talk, Okay. He said, stand ye in holy places and be not moved, which is from Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 45, verse 32. He said, these holy places certainly include the Lord's temples and meeting houses. But as our ability to gather in these places has been restricted in varying degrees, we have learned that one of the holiest of places on earth is the home. Yes, even your home. So I was literally like lifting weights when he said that. And I just had to laugh Um, because, right, I had that same reaction, like my house, (laughs) my house where I yell sometimes and it's messy and my children fight and I don't really know how to parent, (laughs) right? Like even our homes can be holy and need to be holy. They need to become holy places. Like we've talked about in the last couple episodes Satan is is out there, guns blazing. He wants to to get your family every which way he can think of. And so while I wish that we could all just like live in the temple, <laughs> that is not possible at this stage. And so um, our homes need to become a holy place, right? A place where the spirit resides, a place where um, we have refuge and a place where we can feel peace and be rejuvenated and kind of safeguard against Satan and the world's temptations, right? Um, So I wanted to discuss why we need holy places and how we make them, okay? So first off, a couple thoughts on why we need holy places. Um, The first one I thought of was because they invite the Spirit, um, which helps us to receive revelation, right? We talked a little about that in our Overwhelm episode, um, how important the Spirit is. And when we're in a holy place, that invites a Spirit, right? Um, The second one is it brings us more peace. Um, Peace is a great way to fight Satan and his influence. Satan loves to attack us with overwhelm and stress and doubt and which leads us to inaction, right? Like we talked about last week. Um, and so when we feel peaceful, like everyone just take a deep breath right now, okay? Wherever you're at listening to this, I want you to take a deep breath. <sighs> Doesn't that just feel so much better? And that's just like a tiny grain of peace. But feeling peaceful for me gives me confidence. It gives me clarity. Um, and giving peace just opens up this whole new world of possibilities, right? And so when our homes become a holy place, well, in all holy places, we're able to have peace, which gives us more ability to fight Satan. Um, 
Three is to provide refuge from the world. So um, the world's crazy (laughs) and it's loud. And there are a lot of places like our kids go to school all day and our spouses are at work or we're at work and we don't get to control other people's choices. We don't get to control our people's words. We don't get to control how other people dress. We don't get to control what music gets played sometimes, right? And so we get bombarded with all of this stuff where we don't really have a say. And so when we create holy places or are in holy places, they become a refuge, right? A safe place that helps us to rest and restore and to receive strength to keep going. Um, The last reason I think we need holy places is to connect with God, Um, right? The temple is God's house. A church building is God's house. Um, Our homes can be a house of God and a place where we can connect with our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, right? Um, Where we pray and we feel the Spirit and um, we can listen and just be filled with it. And so connecting with God, I think, is a huge one. So Satan as I bet you guessed, would love to keep us out of holy places. And in the pandemic, he got a really good chunk of time where we were not in those normal holy places of the temple and a church building, right? Those were not available to us. And honestly, for me personally, I've only been to the temple twice um, in the last two years because of the pandemic. And um, it sucks because I had a time in my life... um, right after my second baby was born, where I was going, not right after, but sometime after my second baby was born, where I got to go weekly and it was amazing. Um, So he's done a really good job of keeping us out of holy places in the recent past. Um, When we stay out of holy places, we get burnt out. We get run ragged. We are confused and drained um, and have no, we have less connection with God, right? We have less direction and less energy and just less capacity, I think. Um, and so we're able to fight all of these things by working to make home a holy place, right? And of course, we should all do our best to get to the temple and attend church and even just to have a temple recommend, right? Like, please do those things as often as humanly possible. But it's not every day that we get to do that, right? So, Making home a holy place where you are every day, where your children are every day, because our children can't always attend the temple, right, Um, is a game changer. So I had some thoughts on how to make home a holy place. And I wanted to a little asterisk disclaimer here. My home is not a perfectly holy place. (laughs) Um, I am still learning. My children are young. I am imperfect. Um... But I try, and that's what matters. And I think these things all work. And these are things that I try to do very imperfectly. Um, But I love President Nelson's quote where he says, the Lord loves effort. So (laughs) we will give our effort. So I have six things that I think will help us to make our homes a holier place, okay? Um, The first one is to create a tradition of family prayer. Um. We have this one down pretty good, right? We pray at meals. We pray before we take our oldest to school and we pray at bedtime. Um, I'm not as good at personal prayer. And so I think adding personal prayer to that is huge as well. But make a tradition of family prayer and a tradition of prayer in general. And by tradition, I, I kind of use that word interchangeably with habit. 
especially when we're talking about family things. Um, just a tradition is something that you do repeatedly at certain times or certain days, right? So make a tradition of family prayer. And have your children take turns praying. We've done this from a really young age. Um, and it's amazing to watch those kids pray. Sometimes we help them. Sometimes they do their own. And their little faith and the things that come to their brain are just beautiful. The second one is have a tradition of scripture study for your family and yourself. Um, this one's also tricky for us. <laughs> we are kind of hit and miss with this one. Um, but something that I started doing just this last school year. So my oldest is five and she started kindergarten this fall. And um, I have all, all the feelings about it. But I w- wanted to have a way to arm her in the morning with scripture before she walked out the door because the world's insane. <laughs> and um, so I found these little kid like preschool devotion books um, online just on Amazon. They're just Christian. So they're all Bible based. Um, I want to make a Book of Mormon kid devotional book because there isn't one out there. So maybe that will happen sometime. <laughs> um, but so they're very short. They're just like a paragraph with a scripture and a little like rhyme and pictures. Um, so I do those with my children in the morning most days. And that's just a great way to start off our day. Um, we try to have family home evening on Mondays, which are also hit and miss. But when we do it, it's awesome. We've been really good. So I'm recording this in December. And um, we've been really good. I've been doing Christmas ones. And so we've been really good with it with this month. So that's a goal I also have. Um, but having family home evening on Mondays is huge. Um, and a really good opportunity to study the scriptures, especially like studying our Come Follow Me lessons and stuff like that. Um, for me, with my personal scripture study, this is something that I is a very high priority for me because I am a better person when I study my scriptures (laughs) and a better mom and a nicer person. And so, and I tell my, um, wellness clients this too, um, because a lot of them are religious and even we talk about breaking down habits to be really, really mini habits. Okay. So that you can always do them even if they're not the same every day. So like, let's say ideally you want to read a chapter of scripture a day, which is great. Not all days you're going to be able to do that. And so I have a goal of reading at least one verse of scripture a day. I personally do this first thing in the morning when I wake up, I drink my pre-workout and then I go to the bathroom. And while I'm in the bathroom, I read my scriptures. And um, on bad days, it's a verse. And on good days, it's a chapter. And, you know, um, but other other ways that you could do this, right? Um, either like if you can't get it in before your kids get up, you can do it anytime you go to the bathroom. <laughs> we all have our phones when we go potty. Don't lie. And got the little app on there. Um, if you're like in the car waiting for your kids or waiting for grocery pickup or something like that, you just flip open the app and read a verse, right? Lots of ways to do this. Um, but creating a tradition of scripture study for your family and yourself will bring the spirit so much into your home. The third one is to create a tradition of gratitude um, and not just at Thanksgiving, okay? <laughs> I love that we have the emphasis on it in November. Um, but this is something that my husband and I started doing uh, during the pandemic is we started doing gratefuls at dinner. And so every day, we sometimes miss on Fridays because we're watching a movie and eating pizza. But um, every day at dinner, we go around and everyone says three things they're grateful for. And it's such a great way to just like connect as a family and to see how everybody's day was because we usually have things relevant to our day, right? And then also just 
being more grateful and looking for little blessings and seeing where God's hand is and being able to model that for my children and watch them take it on has been so cool. So that one's a huge one, but creating a tradition of gratitude. The fourth one is to keep your home cleaner. (laughs) And like I said, I think in a different episode, I hate cleaning. (laughs) Um, But this is one I actually talk about in my book, keeping your house cleaner. Um, So I... I can deal with a lot more mess than my husband can, and I love him very much, and um, I have a really hard time deep cleaning. I hate deep cleaning, and so it doesn't happen very often in my house, full transparency, but I have noticed that when my house is cleaner, when the dishes stress me out the most, so like dishes are always kind of on top, um, but like I, I try to pick up, and I try to clean our main spaces more often because I notice that when our house is messy, we're more stressed, and the spirit is not there. And so for me, I clean because it brings a spirit. And I tell my kids that. I'm like, I hate cleaning, but guess what? I love you, and I know that the spirit can be here when our house is cleaner. So that's why I clean. Um, and something that's helped me not make this so overwhelming is I try to just do, like, one thing a day. So if it's, like, doing the dishes or wiping off the counter or starting a load of laundry or something that's really helpful is I just kind of, like, pick up the floors before we go to bed downstairs. Um our playroom is upstairs and it's always messy and that's fine with me. Um, but like our main spaces, I try to pick up before we go to bed. Right. And then we wake up and the house is fine and it's not as overwhelming and we're really able to feel the spirit more. Um, but also like involve your kids on this one too. Um, we, we clean the house as a family on Saturdays and we do kind of the bigger jobs that way my husband's able to help and he's a lot better at doing some of the deeper cleaning than I am. Um, and the kids help more on Saturdays. And so it's great to be able to do it as a family, um, but then also just be able to maintain it in general. Number five is to have technology boundaries. Um, technology is a wonderful gift, but it's also a terrible distraction, right? Um, and it's easy to get lost and it's easy to kind of like snap at your kids if you're in the middle of being on your phone and they interrupt you, right? Been there, done that. So um, a few things that have helped us are limiting TV time. And there are days, right, where the kids are sick or mom is sick or somebody has to work all day or something, right, where TV happens more. But on a regular basis, I try to limit our TV to under an hour a day, ideally like 30 minutes. Um, But figure out what works for your family. Um, We have a rule of no phones or toys at the dinner table. So we can all be together and present at dinner. Um, And then create your own boundaries with your technology during the day. So like for me, um, I have a spot in the kitchen that my phone stays. And so when I'm with my kids, the phone stays there. And I try really hard not to go check it. I try hard not to go on social media when I'm with the kids and wait until they're in bed or watching a show or... um, Yep, those are about the only times. (laughs) Um, And of course, like I said... I'm very imperfect at this, but this is something that I try to do. And when I do it, it helps so much. Okay. The last one, number six is to have gospel conversations often. I think, um, especially moms, um, or women in general, I feel like a lot of times feel inadequate to have gospel conversations. Um, for me personally, I did not serve a mission for our church. My husband did. Um, and so I feel like that's, I mean, it's not as normal anymore, I guess, because a lot more women are serving now that the age was moved. But um, I feel like a lot of times women feel inadequate to share the gospel or to talk about the gospel. Um, and there is no truth in that. You are, everybody is able to talk about the gospel. And so um, whether you served a mission or not, don't let that hold you back, okay? Um, 
I love doing this one. My mom was a really wonderful example of this while we were growing up. She literally turned every everything into some kind of lesson and usually a gospel-related one. And that's a tradition that I've taken on and that I absolutely love. Um, but so we'll be talking at dinner and my daughter will say something and I'm like, oh yeah, isn't that cool that God is so good that he did this thing? Or, you know, or we'll ask our children what a word means and... We'll talk about that word and it'll be something to do with the gospel or um, just if like you see a parallel to something that you're like, wow, that's such a good lesson. Say it out loud to your kids or like if someone asks you. So like here's a here's an example, maybe not the best one, but it's what's it's what's coming to mind um, within probably the first week or two of my my daughter's starting kindergarten. She asked me um, like she knew we don't drink coffee, but um one of her friends at school said that she had kid coffee and she was like, mom, have I had kid coffee? What's kid coffee? And I was like, that's probably hot chocolate. Um, and their mommy drinks coffee. And then she asked me again, like why we don't drink coffee. Or I asked her, I'm like, do you remember why we don't drink coffee? (laughs) Right. And it's because heavenly father has given us, um, some helpful rules to take care of our bodies. And one of them is to not drink coffee. And, you know, so like just really simple ways to bring in the gospel and don't make it like a big deal. (laughs) Like it's just part of a normal conversation. So when you see something or you read something or your child says something or, or you see something in the store, right? Like, don't be afraid to talk about the gospel very often. Um, that takes away all the fear and that takes away, um, like, it makes it so your children feel like they can ask you questions, which is huge, 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 huge. So, to summarize those six things, <laughs> um, some ideas on how to create a holier home. One, create a tradition of prayer for your family and yourself. Two, create a tradition of scripture study for your family and yourself. Three, create a tradition of gratitude. Four, keep a cleaner home when you can. <laughs> also, no shame in like paying someone to clean your house. Dubs. Five, have technology boundaries. And six, have gospel conversations often. Well, friends, I can't thank you enough for taking a few moments to spend in the ring with me today. If you found this podcast helpful, I would so appreciate if you reviewed it, shared it with some friends, took a picture and tagged me on your stories. I really believe that every family is worth fighting for. And so if you would help me spread the word, that would be so appreciated. Um, Hope you have a wonderful day. See you next week. And remember that your family is worth fighting for.